everybody, welcome to another episode of the Boston University Podcast. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, I'm a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie, I am a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we're discussing the top eight mistakes owners make while potty training their dogs. So I am anxious right now. Yes, you are. Because it is currently Wednesday morning. I know. And this podcast should have been uploaded... What, 7 a.m.? Three hours ago. Yeah. Uh, For most people um, in New Jersey, you probably know the situation, but if you are not in New Jersey um, or we're in the line of the tropical storm that hit us, we had no power all day yesterday. We actually... Or internet or cell service. We had nothing. nothing. We were just about to sit down and do the podcast. We just put the baby down. He had just fallen asleep and bam, the power went out. And to be honest, over here, we're in Keyport, New Jersey for anybody who knows where that is. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, the winds were bad, and I guess that was the problem. There wasn't that much rain. No. Like, I didn't think we got swamped. No, we got like an inch and a half of rain, but there was just tree branches everywhere. Everywhere. Poles literally uprooted, so... Yeah, we, but we, we finally have, got power back at 4 a.m. Thank God, because I do not do well in the heat, and I needed my AC. So now we need to bring you a uh, an audible. We originally wanted to put out a like super detailed resource guarding podcast because there seems to be a big need for that, and we haven't met that yet. So that's going to be next week's episode. Will be super in depth resource guarding, resource guarding 101, basically. Yes. For today, we're going to discuss the top eight mistakes that people make when they are raising puppies or housebreaking an adult dog. Yes. The last top eight we did was on top eight reasons your dog didn't listen to you. Yes, that that was, yeah, mostly, you know, we talked about, you know, and this goes back to puppyhood too, because a lot of people adopted puppies during this time of the pandemic and stuff. But, um, you know, a lot of people are struggling in general being home with their dogs because now they can see how not in control they are. But getting back in the swing of things with all these puppies that are, you know, that were adopted. I think the during my consults, the longest topic that we talk about is potty training. I have to find out exactly what they're doing, how they're doing it, consistency with the family and stuff like that so that is probably the topic that takes me the longest during consults so I can help with that because it's it's not so much me training your dog to potty train it's me training yeah, you. you got to be there all the time yeah exactly I'm only there for 45 minutes once a week so you got you got to get family on board but these are the top eight reasons why potty training is failing in the home and this goes not just for puppies this goes for adult dogs if you are adopting an adult dog that has never been potty trained there's tons of dogs that come from the shelter that you know they're in their dig they have enough room and and they're like, oh, I'm going to go here. It's no big deal. So I'm going to clean it up eventually. They need to be trained because you don't want that in your house. Um, This goes for puppies and adult dogs. So let's get right into it. So I'm going to start with the least crazy of the eight. Least likely? Least, yeah. Well, not the least likely, but I guess the the biggest issues are at the end. Okay. The the ones that I'm like, oh, don't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So number eight, not paying attention to your dog's body language. This is probably one of the most nonchalant parts of it. And that's why I'm saying like the bigger issues are at the end. But this one, this one is specific because you really need to watch your dog. Now, a lot of people are like, all right, what, what kind of body language means I have to go to the bathroom? If you ever watch your dog go to the bathroom outside, they sniff the ground, their nose is to the ground the entire time. They don't, they usually don't get distracted and pick up in the middle of it. They will stay to the ground regardless of what is going on. They'll kind of circle a little bit. Every dog is different, so you have to kind of learn your dog. But um, watch the body language when they go outside so you can pick up on it when you're inside. 
So again, what are we looking for? We're looking for spinning around. We're looking nose to the ground. Sniffing. Lots of sniffing. Not Lots of sniffing. Perhaps and not listening to you. Yes. Not, yeah, being distracted. Not being able to listen to what you're saying. And not really worrying about anything else that's going on. So like you have kids running around or whatever, where your puppy would usually run after them or be, you know, hyper-focused on them or hyper-focused on you. No, they are completely focused on what they are doing at that moment. And most of the time they will kind of go away from you. They won't do it directly right in front of you they will go to the side they'll go to a side room um, in an area where you can't see because they kind of know that they're not supposed to go inside but not fully they're just not sure so they're trying to do what's best for them at that moment so that's number eight not paying attention to your dog's body language all right number seven if you have a large house this is kind of directed towards you john and i have a ranch there's you know one big area so for us it's not a big deal so when we were potty training opal we kind of kept her in the living room area If she ever went down the hallway, uh, we were on top of her, but at the same time, there wasn't many places for her to go because the doors were shut. Our situation was a little bit different. We didn't have this big issue, but a lot of people that have very open concept houses, a lot of rooms, a lot of area for your dog to go, and you don't have any baby gates up, again, directed towards you. If you give your dog too much space, this becomes a problem. Too much space is almost overwhelming for your dog. So they're going to go and explore. And when they're exploring, they may get nervous. They may get distracted. They may find a a really good smell that they like. Nine times out of ten, they're going to go to the bathroom away from you. Because what else is there to do? You know, they're relaxed. They're doing their thing. No one's telling them what to do. So they're just going to squat or poop. I have a lot of people say, you know, my dog always poops in this one room that's that no one ever goes in. And I'm like, well, that's because nobody ever goes in it. So... Again, like I said on the last number, they sometimes, this is not every dog, realize that they're not supposed to go in the house, but they don't understand how to get outside or to tell you that they have to go outside, so they're going to go and scurry off by themselves. So this is something to, to pay attention to. Do not give your dog too much space. If you have like a kitchen area and and let's say like a lot of people are working from home right now. If you're working from home, try to keep your dog near you. Like if you can baby gate or kind of block things off or even put them on like a long line where they can stay in the room that you're in. They can still move around, do whatever they want to do. They're not like chained, you know, four feet from your chair. Um, You know, they can go to their bed. They can do this. They can do that. Make it a little bit easier for them, but at the same time, give them some space to roam, just not too, too much. That's, That's number seven, giving them too much space during the day. Again, it's overwhelming and sometimes it kind of makes them a little kooky number six um this is one of the the more fun ones especially if you have kids put a word to it so john and i say let's go do peepees do peepees um anytime i say that pudge is like oh i gotta go to the bathroom no matter what i'm doing it's a mission (laughs) no matter what i'm doing i I have have to go but i'll go all right (laughs) i'll try um when we say that they go running to the back door so put a word to it. I have, I have one of my, my clients who's, who's, uh, she's Italian and Greek and she said, make a pishy. So if anybody <laughs> is a Greek or is Greek or Italian, you know, pishy, that it's, it's pretty funny. So, um, put a word to it, make it fun, go potty, go make, what did our one client say? Big business. Big business. So, so. But only for poops. Only for poops. Uh, was, all right, big business, go do big business. And the dogs knew, okay, I gotta go poop. I thought that was hysterical. So put a word to it, make it fun. If you got kids, get them involved. And that's one of the things that people miss out on. They don't put a word, and this goes for like all training, put words to everything. It makes it easier for your dog to understand. If you're consistent and you say it the same way, you get excited when it happens, they're going to be like, oh, I know what this is. You're giving confidence to your dog in a situation that they're not confident in because they don't understand what you want from them yet. 
a lot of people think, oh yes, you know, potty training comes so easily. Some dogs are eat- some dogs are really quick with it, but some dogs are very confused by it because of our consist our lack of consistency, and they're just trying to get through the day. So they're not super focused on on the task if we're not making it super clear to them. So put a word to it. Get excited when you're saying it. Now this goes for going out the door. And while they're sniffing, when they are going to the bathroom, it is key to not distract them. We don't want to get excited. We don't want to um, run around with them. We want, and a lot of people ask me like, you know, how, you know, I walk my dog for so long. No, stand in one spot in your yard. If you don't have a yard, you know, outside your apartment complex, find a piece of grass and you stay stagnant. You don't move. You let your dog circle you in the circumference that is allowed by the leash. There, yeah, you keep walking, and it's like new, new places sniffs. to check out. Oh yeah, so it exciting! Never gets boring. So exciting. So why would I? Why would I pee here? There could be something better over there. No, keep them in the exact same spot so they know what they're working with. They need to know. Okay, these are the only sniffs that are over here. Let me stay in this spot and let me get situated because it does. Some some dogs are not confident. Um, they're sometimes scared outside, especially in the dark. They're you know, especially if they're new to you and they're kind of a timid puppy and they're not super um, you know exuberant and you know trusting of everybody. This may take a little bit longer because they need to know that they're safe when they're going to the bathroom because when they are going to the bathroom, they are not ready to rumble. God forbid something happens. Um, so they need to know that they're safe and that that you're with them. So. Put that word to it while they're doing it. Again, not too excited. Say, oh, do peepees. Good girl, do peepees. So you're not getting that super high-pitched baby voice. We're not getting them riled up, but we're, we're keeping them focused on the task. So go go ahead, go do peepees. If they look up, uh-uh, go do peepees. Um, I did this with Pudge in the beginning, and it kept her very focused. Um, so definitely try, put that word to it, make it consistent, and do not move. This goes along, number five goes along with number six, rewarding when they go outside. If you are not rewarding, especially in the first two to three weeks, if you are not rewarding every single time they go outside and they do peepees, you got a problem because you need to make it worth it for them to go outside. If there is no benefit to going out, why not just go inside? It's way more convenient. You don't have to get anybody to help you out. And it's right there. You squat, you're good, whatever, right? You need them to think, oh, but if I hold this and I go outside, I'll get food, I'll get praise, I'll get love, I'll get attention. You need to make it worth it for them. They have to weigh the options and say going outside is way better than going inside. So that's number five, not rewarding when they go outside. You need to make it worth it for them. They need to think, okay, I got to go outside. It's much better. It's got to be something good too a lot of people I go there and they'll and they're like oh use these treats we're using these treats and they're crunchy treats they're like milk bones no I'm telling you right now no dog wants a milk bone <laughs> they just nah, they will take they're it they're pretty low value they're super low value you know it, it's like uh like unless t- like they're hyper food motivated and they just yes. eat anything yes but- like they're eating like they're going to the chair but most dogs especially when it comes to like potty training they're like nah I'm not gonna work for this. I'm not gonna work for that, you know. So we need to make I'll give it you something. A sit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Maybe meet me halfway. <laughs> um, make it high value. So you know, I and especially if you're struggling, if you are struggling, and this is a big thing, and this is like you are at your wits' end. I want you to get out the cheese. I want you to get out the turkey. This the steak. Um, 
So get out those high value treats and and tiny, like you need like pea size. They don't care. All they know is that what they're getting is delicious. Use that high value stuff. Now, if, if you know, if you're not struggling, you're just starting out, you can use like a soft baked treat, something that's smelly and something that's not crunchy. Crunchy ones, they never really work out. Um, so make, you know, make it worth their while. Make it exciting. Let them know, okay, when I go outside, this is great. I get yummy food. I get praise. Um, and that's another thing, not praising your dog. So praise your dog, get excited. This goes along with the yummy treat. Number four, this is probably the one that attacks families more than obviously people who live by themselves. Consistency with family members. What this I tell this is huge. We yeah, this, this is big. All the time. This is like I wouldn't say it's the number one problem, but I would say it's probably what gets in the way the most and probably derails the process. You know what the biggest issue is that people wait until like there's conflict in the house between to family members to yeah. actually call a trainer and then decide to fix it. So yes. at that point you have dad who's just so done with it. Mm-hmm. He I don't want nothing to do with this dog. I, I don't care anymore. We're get we're getting rid of her, uh-huh. bring it to the shelter. So when you get to that point, everyone's frustrated and they don't want to work together. Yes. I always tell everybody you have to start from scratch, especially training in general. When you finally call in a trainer, when you're at your wit's end, everyone needs to start fresh. You cannot keep grudges or keep your frustration. If you are agreeing to train, start from scratch, start new. But consistency with the family members. I tell a lot of my families to get a notebook, put it by the back door or wherever you guys go out. And write down whenever the dog is going out and what they are doing when they are out. So, okay, 3.30. Penelope peed. Great. Write it down. So that means, you know, the next time she goes, if she doesn't go, all right, I took her out at at 4.15, she didn't go. So, you know, the next person knows. A lot of times, you know, mom will be the only one taking the dog out. This can't all fall on mom. So everyone's got to be consistent. If you're hanging out with the dog, your responsibility is to take the dog out before you leave the dog. So everyone's got to get on a schedule and understand that it's everyone's job, not just one particular person in the family. A lot of times everybody wants to play with the dog, but they don't want to take the dog out. So this is something that you and your family members need to sit down about and have a conversation and come to a consensus on what the schedule is going to be. Uh, Like I said, this is probably one of the, you know, the biggest ones that derails a family when it comes to potty training. And it's not the dog's fault because the dog can't take him or herself out. So they need someone to help them with that. They don't have thumbs. So someone's got to, someone's got to open the door. We got to work on that. What, us? Yeah. Figure out a way for them to walk themselves. Well, and then we I, hire them under possum moss. <laughs> so yes, consistency with the family is number four. Get everybody on board. This is this is a big one. Number three, not on a schedule. This one goes with number four. So again, like I was saying, that notebook. Use that notebook. So a lot of people say, okay, so we start from scratch. What do we do? And they hate when I say this, and I always see the face. Like they'll be looking away and then I'll say it and then they'll look at me and they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Every half hour in the beginning, you are taking that dog out. What? Every half hour? Yes. Every half hour. Because have mistakes in the house. You have to eliminate the mistakes. So if you take your dog out every half hour, you're going to be taking the dog out of a situation that it can't handle. You're, you're eliminating the accidents. That is the goal. They may not go every half hour. That's Okay. But we're getting them in a routine of going only outside. This is to catch the accidents. And everyone's like, wait, but she goes longer than that. I don't care. I want you to take her out every half hour for that first day. If she does not have an accident, 
she or he, does not have an accident, you can extend it the next day to 45 minutes. And then every day they don't have an accident, you can extend it. It's not that hard. I know in the beginning it sounds crazy because, you know, you're, you're working or you're, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. That's fine. Then it comes to number two, crate training or crate being too big. They kind of all go together. So if you are number three, not on a schedule or, you know, you, you can't be around your dog 24 seven, that's fine. Nobody can, and they, you shouldn't be, because then we got a whole other issue of separation anxiety. If you are working and you cannot be with your dog, the dog needs to go into the crate or a pen or someplace that it's not going to go to the bathroom. Now, again, number two, not crate training, crate too big. A lot of people, well, not a lot of people, I would say I get a handful of people that are super against crate training. They say it's inhumane. They don't like it. Now, again, if you have a dog who has separation anxiety and hates the crate, yeah, then we we got to work on that. We got to mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, we're, we're figuring out why right. they hate the it's crate. Only, it's only inhumane or you know, aversive if it's a scary place. Exactly. But your job is to make it not a scary place. It's 100%. a safe place. It's their den. Mm-hmm. So you need to make this super fun. And like John said, their safe place. And they should feel comfortable in there. Um, not comfortable enough to go to the bathroom, which right. circling back is what we're talking about. We, it needs to be small enough for them not to want to go to the bathroom because then they would be too close. No, most dogs, I mean, with the exception of Opal, most dogs Dis- don't want. a disgusting, <laughs> disgusting dog. <laughs> most dogs don't want to be by their urine or their feces. They really, they'd rather be away from it. Yes, you know, puppies are kind of all over the place. They'll step in at this and that, but it, usually it's on accident. No one's, for the most part, no one's rolling in it. Um and if you do have a dog that's rolling in it, that's another topic for another day. Um, it needs to be small enough where they can't get away from it. Oh, let me go pee over here and then I'll go lay back down in my spot. And everyone's like, oh my God, but the crate's so small. I feel awful. No, it's supposed to be small. It's good for them. It's a safe place. They feel cozy. They're all warmed up. They got their blanket. You've got a towel or blanket over the crate. So it's a den-like experience it's it's not scary you got some nice music on they'll have like a marrow bone in there something that's going to keep them busy it's supposed to be a positive space so if you're one of those people that think it's inhumane let's work this out reach out to me i'll help you again like john said it's not inhumane if it's not scary it should be a positive thing and the crate should never be used for punishment so if you're using it for punishment that's most likely your problem here as well it needs to be a safe place. So if you need to work, you need to be with the kids, you need to cook dinner. You can't watch your dog 24-7. Put the dog in the crate with something good to do. Let them go to the bathroom right before they go in the crate. They should be able to hold it in there. That is that is the goal. And a lot of people, when I say, you know, are you crate training? They're like, yes. I'm like, all right, does the dog go into the crate? Maybe like one or two accidents. Okay. Probably just couldn't hold it. Literally didn't know what else to do. Right. That's okay. So sometimes use, it doesn't work out. They don't fully empty their bladder in the mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. Uh, they drink they too much water in the morning. Distracted. <laughs> yes, that's another big thing. Yes. So put them in the crate when you can't watch them. It's okay. And a lot of, I have a lot of people say, "Well, I, I create her at night. I feel bad putting her in the in during the day." That's okay. You're with them all the other times. Dogs are supposed to sleep eighteen. That's like the least eighteen hours a day. Yeah, they sleep a lot. They do, and puppies need naps, so it's okay. It's okay. Don't feel bad. Especially if you're giving like a marrow bone or a frozen conch. They don't care. They need alone time. Again, 
we don't want separation anxiety. So stick with the plan and put them in the crate if you cannot watch them. Because if you can't watch them, all that's going to end up happening is them having an accident and them getting in trouble. That's actually a really good point because you're touching on desensitization there. If you're crate training and you're allowing them time in the crate during the day and when you're home, you're you're hitting two birds with one stone mm-hmm. because you're taking care of your potty training and then you're also desensitizing them to being alone, which is going to prevent uh, separation anxiety in the future. It all comes together. All it the all things that together. I teach come together. They do. It's it's a full There's circle. There's a method I to the madness. I promise you. It, it's full circle. And like John said, like not only that, but like let's say they're in the crate longer than that half an hour. Their bladder is learning to hold the urine. They need to learn to hold it. The longer they're in the crate without having an accident, the better they're getting. So number two, not crate training and not having the crate the right size. Um, John, what is the correct size for each dog? Well, they should definitely be able to stand up. Mm -hmm. They should be able to sit and have their head not touch the top of the crate. Mm -hmm. They should, from nose to tail, be able to fit without either end touching the crate. And then they should be able to lay down with their legs extended without touching the ends of the crate. Yes, and they should be able to turn around. Well, if it's that big, they should be able to turn around anyway, unless they're like super fat. But yeah, they should also (laughs) be able to do a full 360 in the crate comfortably. Yes. So again, we don't want it too big, but we also don't want it too small. So we want to make sure we get the right size for your dog if you are getting a crate from any of the pet stores ask somebody for help they'll help you out i will say you can get a little bit more aggressive if it's not for long periods of time with the size of the crate for uh puppies you can definitely they, they usually come if you're buying it new it's going to come with a partition most people have no idea what the extra piece of metal is you're <laughs> using that to make the crate a smaller place for potty training for crate training the smaller the space is the less likely they are to like you said earlier to go in it because they don't want to be in their they own feces or urine. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to be near it. You don't poop where you eat. Exactly. Um, so, so use that meanings. partition to make it... You don't want to be so small that they're crammed in there like a piece of toast in a toaster. <laughs> but you can get... I just got such a visual. <laughs> they don't need as much space as I just said. They still need enough, enough space to do like a full 360, but... If you're shortening it up to the fact that they can only lay one way with their legs extended, that's fine as long as they're not in there all day. Yeah. You know, but they definitely need to be able to extend their legs at some point. Yes. Agreed. All right. So that's number two. Crate training. Crate too big. Number one. My most hated. I hate this. I hate hate coming into (laughs) clients' houses and you see it and it's soiled and it's. So, so John and I will go in, we'll see the issue. It's a problem. Right there in front of us. You smell it too. And then the first thing I hear is, how do I get her to go to the bathroom outside? Well, pick up your wee-wee pads. Guys, stop with the wee-wee pads. <laughs> they, sh- they shouldn't even be allowed. Unless you live somewhere like uh, an apartment complex where it's hard to get out. Yeah, or then like I understand. The city. And your dog is like two pounds. <clears throat> and your dog is like two pounds. <laughs> Yeah, or, the wee wee pads are super confusing. And they're great. They're great for lining crates because yes. you, if they if they have accidents in the crate, you don't want like things to become pee saturated. Like the wee wee pad does a good job. See, but even that I have a problem with because the most wee wee pads have scented, the pheromone a scent. Scented, yeah. They have a pheromone that makes them want to go in that specific spot. They sell unscented ones. I yes, don't, they I don't do. Know if they advertise them like that, but I don't know. I'm not too privy on them. Since yeah, it, it is. It's very confusing yes. because it. Even if they've never peed in there before, they're going to think, huh, I think I peed here before. Mm-hmm. This seems like an acceptable place to exactly. pee. Exactly. It's confusing for them. So, 
pick up your wee-wee pads and everybody gives me the same face. What? I have to do what? Yes, pick up your wee-wee pads because you're literally telling your dog it's okay to go inside. And guys, you don't want these you things don't. around your house. They're, <laughs> especially the second they get peed on, they're gross. Yeah, and they're such an eyesore and they, they do smell. I don't care what anybody says. You know, the smell goes away. It gets, you know, sucked in. No, it doesn't. You be, What's that for? Is it a Febreze commercial? Your nose blind? Yes. Your nose, nose blind, blind to your wee-wee pads. Yes. So... Pick up those wee pads. I know it's going to feel like you're when you're throwing them in the garbage that you're like, what am I doing to myself right now? Don't I, throw them in the garbage. Don't what? do that. Donate them to your local shelter or wildlife well, I mean rehab. Oh, well, yeah, you can throw out the used <laughs> ones. But when after you listen to this and you decide that you're going to transition away from them, definitely mm-hmm. donate them because yes. your shelter could use them. Even if, if the bag is open, they don't care because it's not food. Definitely for the wildlife rehabbers. Yes. They'll, they'll take whatever. Absolutely. But I know people when they're, you know, getting rid of the wee pads, they're saying, what am I doing to myself right now? I'm like, if you follow one through eight of what I'm telling you right now, you shouldn't need the wee wee pads. And it's going to like, it's going to rapidly improve. Yes. It's not, it's going to be slow for day one, then a little faster day two, then day three. Like, all right, we got a groove day four. And then two weeks, they could be totally done. Yes. Totally potty trained. They're not going in the house anymore in just two weeks. You just got to stick to it. Yes. And that so. doesn't mean 30 minutes every... Every day. No. Yeah. You just Every 30 minutes every day for two weeks. Like, you just, you're slowly going to build Increasing the time. You need to give the bladder a chance to hold itself. <clears throat> oh, that's what I wanted to say earlier. Thank what? you for reminding me. You're welcome. Don't have unrealistic expectations. We yes. should have had this on the list, but we, yes. we were sticking to eight because we want to have a little, a little list of eight things yes. going. But don't have unrealistic expectations for... A 10-week-old puppy who does not have full control of their bladder muscles, who does not have a fully developed bladder that's going to hold all that all that water and, and pee and... All that good stuff. Be realistic. Just the same way that you would be realistic with a child. Like, it takes time to understand how to control oh those muscles. I'm so not ready for that. <laughs> but don't have unrealistic expectations. And did you touch on punishment? No, I didn't. Punishment when it comes to potty training. Oh, everybody was, well, what can I do? Now, if you don't see the accident happening... You can't do nothing. You literally need to clean it up, mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut. Yep. You can't do nothing because it's frustrating. You're, but you know what? You don't be mad at the dog. Be mad at yourself. Exactly because you didn't follow one through eight. You didn't follow one through eight <laughs> specifically. Number. If you. What is this? Uh, not paying attention. Number eight. You didn't follow number eight. That's the first one we talked about. You didn't follow that seriously. 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 Hit yourself so, with the newspaper. Exactly. You shove your own face in that poop. So. Follow one through eight and you shouldn't have any accidents. If you do, because life happens and I get it, you say nothing and you clean it up. If you can physically see your dog doing it, you give an eh, eh, pick them, if you can pick them up, pick them up and bring them outside. That's it. That's all you get. Mm-hmm. And that even if they finish their business, bring them outside. Yeah. Let them have that association of, all right, well, I got the eh, eh, I was doing something wrong and now I'm outside and I just peed or pooped inside. And it might not, even, it might never click, but it's good to have that association of going outside. And yes. maybe they didn't. You caught them in the act. They didn't empty the bladder all the way. Now you have an opportunity to, like you say, capture that moment mm-hmm. of they're gonna do like even if it's a few drops of pee yes. outside. Then you treat praise. Yes. Good job. You did peepees outside. Peepees outside. We always say peepees outside. Not you. Pudge, Pudge is looking. Wait, we're going peepees right now. You guys are busy. Wait, we just went peepees outside before the podcast. 
You guys are crazy. That was good. That was actually uh, pretty in-depth. Yeah. For what I thought was going to be a total audible off of what we were doing. No, I think I think potty training, again, like I said, when I go to consults, potty training is like the longest thing we talk about. Because again, there's so many entities of it, but it's full circle. If you do all these things, you shouldn't have a problem. Also, I want to touch on the fact that I do not count accidents as being scared, being excited. Yes. So if your dog is scared and they have a pee-pee accident, that is not an accident in terms of potty training. Mm -hmm. That would happen outside, inside, doesn't matter. They're scared. They cannot hold it. We're talking about intentional Mm -hmm. emptying of... Yeah, like willy-nilly, let me just go pee on the carpet real quick. And then excited pee. Pudge used excited pee all the time when she saw her favorite. It was always men. Yeah, her Uncle Nick. Uncle Nick. She'd lose her mind. My brother. Uncle Billy. Your brother. Uncle Coco. Uncle Coco, which is Carlo, but our our nephew can't say Carlo, so he says Coco. I think that's going to stick for a while. Um... So yes, I don't count those as actual accidents, especially, oh, and if it's raining. If it's raining, they don't want to go outside. If it's thundering, if it's windy, if it's scary out there, they're not going to go to the bathroom. They may have an accident inside. I don't count that. Can you like look at them and be like, and then clean up, like get that little satisfaction of. I mean, for yourself maybe, but it does nothing for your dog because your dog's not watching your body language. (laughs) Your dog is not watching your facial expressions. Yeah, they, you can, I mean, a lot of people like, oh, well. Can I shove my dog's face in it? No, you can't because they're like, oh, my pee is here and you're shoving my face in it. They're not understanding that they shouldn't have done it. Old school. It's very old school where it's, it's 2020. 2020 sucks, but at the same time, come on, got to get with it. Got to get with it. It's almost 2021 at least. All right. All right. So. I have a fun fact. Okay. I'm ready. It's not really that fun. It's actually kind of sad. Oh. Well, it's not that sad. You don't have to. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So it's not going to. You know, make me smile, but... So, it's my fact of the week. Mm -hmm. Half of all dogs fear fireworks. That's a really big percentage. So, you guys know that I have been really liking reading the studies lately, and I think a lot of people, we've been getting feedback that other people really enjoy these studies, especially because I'm not... Citing things from 1978 yes. from some journal that you couldn't buy anywhere well, I now. also think that dog behavior is now becoming way more... You need... There's more studies being done. Yeah. You that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, interested people in are it. interested in it now. It's Whereas, more science back. Like you said, it so, was 1970s. That's what people were relying right. on and they weren't doing any new studies. So, like, now's the time. Like, get on there. Like, I spend... I could spend hours a week researching things mm-hmm. and reading up on studies and that's how we grow Yes, and how we learn new methods. And So this is all from a study published September 6, 2019, last year. Not a one-way road, severity, progression, and prevention of firework fears in dogs. That's by Stephanie Reamer. It was published to PLOS One, PLOS.org. Basically a nonprofit and they just make studies available to oh, I people. I like that. They got, they got no, no skin in the game. Exactly. A sample of 1,225 dogs, so a decent-sized sample. That's a, yeah, I would say. Found that 52.2% were afraid of fireworks. 45% developed this fear under the age of one. Aww. Which brings me to my desensitization. If you listen to the first small bite that I did with the biggest mistake puppy owners make, that talked about desensitizing to things. Uh-huh. So desensitizing to fireworks. Yes. This study Socialization. Also, this study's huge. Yeah. It's, I bet. You can, it, it takes like 45 minutes to really read through it and digest it. Okay. But they touch on everything from, from welfare demographics to uh, what you can do to prevent this and desensitization works. Yes. And so that's where it goes back to what we said in that small bite or what I said in the small bite, desensitizing the fireworks. Another interesting thing they they added in there was recovery times. So 12% of these dogs recovered immediately post-exposure. That's not a big percentage. 
No. 21.6% recovered after up to 30 minutes post-exposure. Wow. 17.5% recovered after up to one hour post-exposure. 10.3% recovered after up to three hours post-exposure. Here's where it gets crazy. Oh, God. 12.6% took until the next morning. Oh. 10.4% took until over the course of the following day. Ten, another 10.4% took up to three days. Oh my God. And 1.8% took up to one week. That's so sad. And 2.3% took several weeks to recover from the traumatic experience. Wow. And several months for 1.2%. Oh my God. Including one dog in the entire study who never returned to normal, according to the owner. Oh my God, so sad. I'm going to cry. So, guys, desensitization makes the difference. If you have a puppy, now's the time to expose them to fireworks. like The appropriate way. The appropriate way. Don't just bring... Well, not right now because obviously it's a virus, but like how we used to with fireworks, everybody in the town would go to the same exact parking lot. Everybody drive up and watch the fireworks. Mm-hmm. That is the worst thing to do oh, to God, your dog. Their dogs, the dogs like freaking out. 200 people, all these cars... And there's fireworks booming. Like, no. We've said it before, and I said it in that small bite episode, our favorite way, because thunderstorms and fireworks are kin. They're very similar to dogs. They're just loud bangs and flashes. You can desensitize them, at least start your desensitization, by just playing thunderstorm sounds. We do it on our Alexa. If you have any other of those devices that I'm not going to start naming because they're going to start going off if you're, li- if you're listening to this at home. Mm-hmm. You can play thunderstorm sounds. You can then upgrade to firework sounds and you can get them louder and louder. And eventually your dog will be adjusted. And the number one thing to do is to keep this a positive experience. You can give them a frozen marrow bone, a stuffed Kong, a bully stick if you're with them, monitoring them and make it positive. Oh, wow. When these when these loud noises happen, I get rewarded. I get this bully stick, this Kong. So keep it a positive experience and they will eventually associate it with all good things. So I'll add the link to that study in the show notes if you wanted to read through, especially my my science and information geeks out there that are like me. I love that you're Alone geeky. in this world. You're not alone, believe me. I'm just really bad at researching. For those of you that don't know, I actually have mild dyslexia, so reading is like no, the worst is, thing this ever. This is not the stuff. Like, it's very dry. Yeah, and I can't, I gotta be, I gotta be in it. Yeah. Aud- audibles are great. Like the, the books that I read out to you. When I drive, those oh, are fun. audiobooks. Yeah, yeah, audio. What did I say? Audible. Audible. Because <laughs> I, was, I was saying audio, audible before. But when I was saying audible before, for anybody that's confused, I was not talking about the audiobook app. I was referring to the football play where you change it up last minute. There you go. Because that's what we had to Good do. Good clarification. Thank you. That's all I have. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think um, if you follow one through eight, you're going to be sitting pretty. Uh, but again, like John said, if you uh, have an accident, it's on you. It's on you. That's Roll okay. up that newspaper. It happens. Accidents happen, but... Hit yourself in the nose. <laughs> so just start fresh. If you're frustrated with your puppy right now or your newly adopted adult dog, take your time and try to get on a schedule. Like we are with this podcast that's yes. now probably going to be about 11 hours late. It's not your fault. There was a tropical storm. John was freaking out all day yesterday. I was not happy. Literally, like, when are we going to get the podcast out? I'm not like, happy. I don't know. There's a tropical storm. Aside from the fact I'm that the pretty house sure. is like 82 degrees. I, I'm pretty sure JCPNL is not worried about your podcast right now, but I get it. 
for the people. It's for the people. For the, I know. For the puppies. And it's definitely not for the weebie pad business. No. Because we're taking a chunk out of that today. Do it. Throw them out. Up oh, the baby's up. The baby's up. So that's all we have for this episode. <laughs> Please subscribe to this podcast. Rate us five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if any other apps have the rating system. If they do, let me know so I can be more accurate. Follow us on Instagram at Possum University. We're on Facebook as well. Send us your questions. Send let us me your know questions. everything. We I want, want to help. Yes. That's all we have for this week. Until next week. Class dismissed.